was two totally different personalities. Well, we are two totally different people, so that makes sense. But I thought we were joined as one flesh. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Getting religious on a religious podcast. Ew. Welcome to the LP. Hi. Um, missed you guys last week. Um, hopefully you didn't miss us. Hopefully you had a chance to catch up um, and listen to some other episodes, things like that. Um, hopefully you've had some gospel conversations in the last week. I'm going to come at you all hot and heavy um, at the gate, something that's really been weighing on me. Um, Bob preached on it this Sunday, um, and I think I heard it in another conversation elsewhere. I can't remember. Last week is a blur. Um, you know, considering our walk as Christians, it's our goal to share the gospel every day. Obviously, you know, it's your goal to talk about Jesus every day and find gospel conversations, but to like to really weigh out the fruit of your walk. Um, how many people have you led to Christ in the last year? And basically meaning like how many professions of faith from a secular world separated from Jesus then turned to Christ? How many of those personally have you seen in the last year? And man, that hit me really, really hard. And I have been intentionally having a gospel conversation every day. I love that. I yeah. actually saw a TikTok last night that's, um the person said, you know, when you get to heaven, God's not going to ask you, um, you know, I don't know what examples he used, but when you serve, I think, I think I remember hearing this, like yeah, when like, you served and how many times you brought donuts to the hospitality right, table. Like he's going like to say, that. where are the hundreds and thousands of people that I put you on earth to, That's to bring to me? That was know? the second thing that like, hit me really oof. hard. Yeah. Because I was thinking about it already. And then I overheard that TikTok you were watching. Yeah. God's that God doesn't care how many donuts you brought to the hospitality table. He, he cares about how many people you brought from the field how many men you fished for. And yeah, man. So out the gate, let's go. Let's Some go. encouragement. Like it's conversations that need to be had. Look, we want to comfort Christians. We want to encourage Christians. We want to help you in your walk of life. We want to bring you, you know, kingdom views on, uh, you know, world news and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, Christian, you need to be sharing the gospel and you need to be telling people about what Jesus has done in your life. Amen. So, wear that this week okay yeah, i love that love you guys but let's do this let's be very intentional about talking more about jesus than just this podcast anyway um i had no intention of saying that when i pressed that record button but man apparently <laughs> apparently the spirit's really getting me to to be there so um you have the agenda today i do i am in charge this week um we usually start out with news and uh the news is really political right now so i don't feel like talking about it but so i thought i would find some fun news that you would appreciate um which is a skateboarder grinds out of a plane at nine thousand twenty two feet for new world record wow yeah bro it says um, Bufani strapped a nearly 20 pound parachute to her back and performed a freeble, a, a freeble, <laughs> a feeble <laughs> grind, which is a combination of a board slide and a 50 50 grind across a pipe that led out the back of an airplane at an altitude of 9,022 feet. That's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> like, I mean, the average human being can't just go grind on a skateboard and she did yeah. it out of the back of a plane. Yeah. That's back of an airplane. So... Here's a picture of it. Huh. I I just want to know, like, did the skateboard fall and hit someone? Like, what happened to the skateboard? 
I would imagine she when she jumped, she probably grabbed it. That's fair, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you don't just want your board plummeting to earth. Right. That could kill somebody. Yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, I, you're not just, like, jumping over, you know, where people are going to be walking at. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. It didn't include that. It doesn't matter. Those well, are the specifics. Sure I mean, you pretty much get to do whatever you want when you grind out of the back of an airplane at almost 10,000 feet. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so that's my fun news of the day. I love that. Yeah, that's way better than any politics or war or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. So. Uh, so you're welcome. Um, also, um, a couple of weekends ago, um, myself and a few other ladies attended a women's conference in Mount Vernon. And so um, there was just a couple of things that I took away from that that I learned um, that I wanted to share with you guys today. Um, so one of the things that I learned um, is that the Old Testament was Hebrew and the New Testament was Greek. Yep. Okay, so I didn't know that. So that's a fun fact for those of you who didn't know that as well. Um, I thought that was super interesting. Um, another thing that I took away from that conference, um, one of the women who was talking um, was talking about how sometimes um, when you have just exhausted praying over something or maybe you don't know how to pray over a certain situation, um that people forget that you can literally just speak the name of Jesus over that situation. Um, and she's like, man, just like, just say Jesus, Jesus. And it didn't really like, that's not something at the end of the conference where I was like, Oh, I took this away from it. But I found myself a couple days later speaking the name of Jesus over something in my life. And not to say that I've, never done that before because obviously I pray about things in my life but just literally I was just in my car and I just was speaking like Jesus 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 over the situation um and so that was something that I ended up not realizing I took away from the conference but I ended up uh doing it and yeah I don't know so yeah I think that's a really humbling thing as well like Obviously, you have your specific petitions to put mm-hmm. before God and to put, you know, to ask for certain things, you know, like, example, you know, um, you know, grandma has cancer, you know, Lord, I pray that grandma, you know, you take her cancer away. I pray that you lead the doctors and um, performing their job well. I thank you for the doctors and, and the abilities you've given them. God, I pray for a speedy recovery. I pray for the people um, in the family to handle this well and you have these specific things that you're going to pray in line for and at the end of the day obviously you're praying so hard about it and you're going to get exhausted from saying the same thing over and over and over again and it's going to feel redundant like I'm saying the same prayer over again obviously this is where my heart is but when you begin to just say Jesus I pray over this situation and and I, I pray that you move in it so you're almost removing, and it's good to have these specific petitions, I think, but it's almost removing your expectations from it. Right, and I felt like, you know, I had prayed what I could out of the situation that I was praying over. So I would like, I do pray that this is how this is, this is the direction this goes. I pray over this situation. I pray um, for the peace of the people involved, um, you know, just specifically. And it got to the point where I was like, it almost takes your will out of it and exactly. just fully like yeah. places it into God's hand by I just, just saying like, I just want to see like, you move. Exactly. Like I just want to show point, me how you move. 
it's all yours. Like yeah. I can no longer, like I no longer have a hand in this. You know my this heart. Is all yours. Exactly. You know my heart. And and please do not ever approach a situation first, very first time you pray for something. Lord, you know my heart in this. Amen. Come on. <laughs> you know, have have a little more. Have a little more than that. Obviously, spend some time with Jesus. But I think at the end of the day, like Lord, you know my heart here. Um, and I want to know your heart here. So I will humble myself and just say, obviously you're in control. I want to see how you're going to move. And you brought your petitions and you're still laying it down. It was honestly one of the more powerful moments in prayer that I've ever had when I was, I mean, I was literally just, just repeating the name of Jesus over and over again. Yeah. It's just surrendering. And so hopefully that encourages you. Hopefully you put that in your back pocket for a day that you need it. Um, And let's, I want to stay on that for just a second before we move on. Cause I just thought about that, you know, thinking about this um, tangibly and realistically and contextually as human beings, what does, you know, obviously we have a, a young child. We have Crosby, um, who has very limited vocabulary. But what does Crosby do when he wants something? He just repeats. Mama. Yeah. Mama or dada. Dada. And he might use one or two words, obviously, because his vocabulary is limited. Okay, now look at Myra, who's eight years old and has a wonderful vocabulary. I mean, especially for an eight-year-old. That kid has a brilliant vocabulary. How often do you just hear her across the room? Mom. Mom. Right. So how primal and instinctive is it for us to just stop and just Jesus, yeah. Jesus, just dad, father, you know, like he's going to say what and he's going to reply. And it's just it's our childlike. We need to go back to being so childlike just to say it like we know when Myra or Crosby saying something, looking at where they're at, because sometimes God meets us where we are. Right. We can look at them and see where they're at. Crosby's at the cabinet, and he's saying, Mom, Mom, he probably wants food, right? He wants fed. Uh, Meyer's in the bathroom. We hear her saying, Mom, Mom, she probably wants help getting dried off. You know, God sees us in our car crying after church and just say, Jesus, 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 he's going to meet us where we are. Yeah. So if you don't have the words to say, it doesn't have to be eloquent. So it's just okay. Be a child again. Be the child of the Father that he calls us. And just say, Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, man. Man, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I love it when you have those kind of like mop bucket thoughts. You know, it's yeah. such simple things, but when you finally think of them and it, it just hits home a little harder. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that is uh, one thing, two things that I learned or took away. Um, and the last thing is a little bit more detailed, but we broke out into um, breakout sessions. And so, um, Sabrina, I know you are a listener of this podcast, so you took part in this breakout session with me. So I apologize that you're going to hear all this again, but you loved it just as much as I did. So I don't (laughs) think you will care. So anyway, um, we went into a breakout session called fresh oil and, um, it talked about the anointing, um, of Christ and, uh, how they kind of broke it down is very interesting because, um, they took, um, the, making that's not really the word i'm looking for but the making of olive oil the refining yeah and they um compared it to our walk um and so it was just really cool and so i just wanted to share that with you guys um so the first part of that uh was the growing process and um a fun fact is um olive trees actually have um the deepest strongest roots of any tree 
Um, and so if you look at pictures of an olive tree, you see um, just these crazy, amazing roots. And um, and that takes nurturing and trimming um, in order to bear the fruit of an olive. Um, and so number one was growing process. Number two was the crushing of the olives. So this is when the olives are broken into smaller pieces in order to begin the extraction extraction process. Um, and they compared this to the part of your walk with the Lord of repentance and humbling yourself and releasing control and how, um, obviously that's not always fun and it's not always easy. Um, being broken into pieces in order to begin the extraction process is not always an easy process, but it is, um, something that is required, uh, repentance, humbling yourself and releasing control. Um, the third step in making olive oil is pressing. Um, and so they use a weight or pressure to extract the oil and remove impurities. Um, so they compared that to um, the healing um, of your everyday life, um, the weight and the pressures that can come upon you, um, and how we have to use that and use Christ in that to remove the impurities of our everyday lives. Um, the fourth step uh, and the final step is um, called an olive cake. That's what they call it. And it's just the leftovers. I don't like that. <laughs> I really feel I like they could have picked like literally that. anything else. Um, it's the leftovers of all the stuff after they get the actual oil. And um, the cool thing about the olive cake is that they it's very, very powerful. And they use it for fuel and fertilizer. Um, and so... It's super powerful, and they compared this to um, just using your um, faith and um, your knowledge of the Lord with wisdom. Um, and so they said, like, are you bearing fruit, number one? Are you willing to go through the crushing process of repentance and humbling yourself and releasing control? Are you willing to endure the process of pressing? Um are you willing to, you know, come at the worldly things with a godly point of view, even when it's hard, even when people look at you funny, even when your friends laugh at you or don't want to be friends with you anymore because of it? Um, and then lastly, are you using it wisely? Like, are you using your faith light wisely? It says many times in the Bible, it talks about how your words can either um, build people up or it can tear people down. It can be like a wildfire, it says in James, you know. So um, are you using your tongue wisely with that wisdom and faith that you have? Yeah, and that's a lot of what I have seen Americans have trouble with church. Um, there's a lot of Christians who simply retain knowledge just to be a Bible nerd. And just yeah. to be a better Christian than another, or just to feel bigger. And that's such a crazy mindset. And I don't want to attack anybody, but if, if you hear this and it affects you, pray about it and do something about it. Because I've been there. I've been there before. And my um, short walk so far, we've been saved for about five years. And I would say the second year of my faith, I was almost a wisdom snob. Because the Lord had blessed me so quickly with Bible knowledge. I read my Bible so much. I was going through um, 
so much early education. I was being poured into massively. Um, I just retained a lot of scriptural knowledge really, really fast. And I needed humbled in that because I was just retaining this knowledge for myself. And I was well, having cool thing only... about that for you is like, you're one of those people that um, can just read the Bible and you just get it. And, man, I respect that about you because let me just tell you, that is not me. I do not just get it, ever. But what good is getting it if the only person I'm having a conversation with about what I just got is another Christian? And, yeah, we want to disciple and build each other up and stuff like that. But if you're a movie nerd and you're able to watch movies so much, like, are you just going to, like, watch that movie and it changed you and that was good? Or are you going to go tell people about it? Like, right. if these passages are changing my life and these passages, I'm understanding them well, then what good? It's just like the eunuch, right? The eunuch sitting there reading his Bible all by himself and he has no idea what's going on. I feel like there's so much of the world that might be reading the Bible or Christians that aren't sold out for their faith that are reading the Bible and they're not quite understanding it. So listen, Bible nerd. Go and share that wisdom with somebody who doesn't understand it. Stop having and share it gently. I think that's a yeah. huge part of it. Yeah. The last part when it said, um, you know, using it with wisdom. Like, like I said, you have this knowledge and you have the ability and you are equipped to build people up in the name of Jesus and to lead them to Jesus and help them, you know, cross that line and, you can either use all of the knowledge you have to do that or you can make them feel dumb. And yeah. you can, you know, even if you're not meaning to, you can kind of put them down. Yeah. And I know there's been people since we became believers that have done that, not on purpose, but just in the beginning of our faith, they would have these conversations with us and we had no idea what they were even talking and about. It, and it felt like they were expecting me to be there. And exactly. whenever I wasn't, I felt dumb. And they walked away from the conversation because it was fruitless. Yeah. And, you so know. So just be careful, man. Yeah. Just ask God for discernment on how to use the wisdom that he gives you. And, and I probably did the same thing, too. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody. Like I said, this is something that I seriously struggled with um, on both sides of the fence. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really, really awesome thing to point out, you know, to to people in the faith. You know, our, yeah. our mission field has all sorts of listeners. No one listener is the same as the other, you know, and that's a big part of contextualization. You know, if there's something you really want to study and dive into this week, um, I think contextualization is a big thing. Meeting people where they are um, and just breaking down what scripture means for them. Right. You know? And so that was just like a very um, simmered down version of that breakout session. But the main point of it was just like, listen, it's an ever going process. Like your walk as a Christian is never going to be, I became a Christian and now everything's better and everything's okay. Like it's a continual process of being crushed and pressed oh, yeah. and then, you know, finally getting that anointing of the oil and then you're going to be crushed and you're going to be pressed again and you're, you know what I mean? Like you just have to make sure that you're continuously bearing that fruit and that you're continuously whenever you're going through the crushing seasons and the pressing seasons, you aren't relying on the world. You're relying on Christ, mm -hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, that's how you are going to get the anointing oil. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's for you and for your testimony. Just lean in, lean into that word. You will never run the Bible dry. You'll never run the Bible dry. 
I've been going through Genesis again and like really studying Genesis and I've really learned some yeah. stuff this time around. Yeah. When you take the time to ask the questions and you know, every every word in the Bible's there for a reason. Yeah. Every single cool. word. Love that. Yeah, man. That is that's my juice for this week. That's my goods. Well, I dig it. Very encouraging. Very encouraging stuff. Um, so let me guess, your facts for the day are about olives? Oh, that would have been fun. That would have been fun. Is it too late Why to use I that Why didn't I do fun? that? No. Um, hold on. I was looking up facts about skateboarding because of the news article. All right, you do skateboarding and I'll do olives. Skateboarding was initially called sidewalk surfing. Hmm. That's pretty fun. It originated in Southern California. That doesn't surprise me. I think it did. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me an olive fact. I love you. Ah. I love you too. Everybody just signed off. Everybody was like, I'm done. <laughs> um, Spain is a giant in the olive oil world. The country produces almost half the world's olive oil, which is kind of funny because, you know, like Spain is just west of, you know, like where all the events in the Bible took place. So, That's relevant. What's up. Yeah, you know. Empty swimming pools inspired modern skate park designs. Yeah, they did. Love that. I, I, I wish I could have been there when skateboarding really took off. Oh, man, that would have been rad. Man, the biggest stair set ever ollied was 25 stairs. That is terrifying. Yeah, it is. Holy moly, we got 14 stairs. And that's a trek. Yeah, it is. I don't care about these olive facts. Honestly, I'm reading them, and they're just kind of boring. Well, skateboarding is way cooler than olive. It sure is. Keep giving me skateboarding facts. That's all I got. All right, y'all. I want some Lucky Charms. I'm signing out. (laughs) Love you guys.